Hello. Welcome to another edition or episode of Keep Going with John and Michael and me, Steve. We recorded this episode at the beginning of November, and it's uh, the second part of our intro conversation. We did an introduction, and then we decided to do a separate take the time that we had, the window of conversation we had in, to discuss a topic we call scar tissue and style issues or style issues in scar tissue. And I'm recording this intro during the ice apocalypse of 2023 in early February. Um, it's just so amazing to hear these episodes months after we recorded them and getting the sense of how we kind of finding our groove and getting a little bit more of the lay of the land and how each of us kind of thinks through these different topics and um, just the kind of rapport that we have. It's pretty cool. So in this episode, we cover a wide variety of things, but basically the concept is that we have style issues, which are sort of the frames and mental maps that we have to kind of indicate our personal style or the way that we operate or things of that nature. Then we also have scar tissue, which is the accumulated experience of all of the challenges we've had in life, the good and the bad, the way things work. Maybe you could kind of correlate that to karma if you wanted to. But the idea here is that life is about living and the poison is the medicine. Suffering is the point. And then we, you know, we sort of start off with that idea of there ain't no wrong now, there ain't no right, which is a song from Jane's Addiction. Next week, we'll actually be putting out our 90s music episode um, where we discussed music. We haven't done one since, but um, it's definitely going to be an acquired taste for those who are into 90s music. So um, anyway, we will, uh, I'll just let you listen to this episode. It's a little shorter on the shorter end, as I said. And um, yeah, so that's it for intro. And without further ado, I bring to you the episode we call Style Issues and Scar Tissue. What are we talking about today? Well, we'd, we'd set up a sort of ain't no right now, ain't no wrong. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. wrong, scar tissue. And yeah, so let's let's start here. Why don't you unpack for us just a little bit, Michael? Sure. Um, you had this idea that just hit me straight in the gut about we have um, well, you had you had we have issues and scar tissue. What kind? What kind? Of we have what was your issues? Style issues. Style issues and scar tissue. Mm-hmm. So unpack that idea a little bit, and then we'll see if it takes us down into the road of like right and wrong and where we stand with that yeah. and see whatever whatever little bunny trails we happen to pop down. Let's see if I'm in the ballpark of that original thought. So <laughs> I... The f- I've mentioned before that as a product of my kind of sobriety and excavating into the past and I've always had this idea I think I was talking about guilt and anxiety and where it all comes from and and it's this idea that there's a right and there's a wrong and uh, I 
I kind of grew up feeling like things were either right or they were wrong. I don't know why I felt that way. Maybe it was because, you know, I was, maybe that was the culture at the time where I was from. I, I just don't know. So, but it did feel like there was a right and there was a wrong. What I've come to kind of evolve over going through all the weird experiences, including running experiences, mental experiences, physical experiences, is that I've come less to agree with the concept of right and wrong and more come to agree with um, kind of what we do with inputs. And I think that there's a style choice. It's like a lever. You can say, I want to be the kind of person who is kind to other people. Or you can kind of be the kind of person who's a bit of an asshole to other people. I think that's a style choice. And uh, I don't know if it's necessarily right or wrong. It's a choice. So the symptom of those choices uh, yields some type of effect. Uh, And those effects can have reparations or they can have, they can be, they can be favorable. They can be unfavorable. They can be this or that. Um, so the style choice is there. And then I paired it with the idea that mistakes are the building blocks of wisdom. When I was growing up, I couldn't sleep very well. My dad plastered this thing on the wall right next to my face. And it was a, you know, a nine by 11 sheet of paper. And it said mistakes are the building blocks of wisdom. And I was just all day long. I was like, that is something that I can use for momentum because I'm always feeling like there was a right or wrong. I was always feeling like a mistake was bad. And then somewhere along the way, call it adulthood or life 2.0 or whatever. Um, there was this idea that there was scar tissue from style choices and that just kind of motivates me. It drives me kind of understanding what that means, learning how to adapt, learning how to build to it. So I hope that's a good tee up for, for what the context was to the genesis of the thought. Do you think scar tissue is, would you, would you, I'm thinking and equating it a little bit with karma. Absolutely. I think that if you subscribe to the, this idea that there's an accumulation of, of karma to pass through into the next, um, then understanding objectively what the scar tissue is, the, the ultimate question I have is, um, if mistakes are the building blocks of wisdom and there is scar tissue generated from it, then what exactly does that, how do you parallel that to karma, so to speak? Like, is it, is it the same thing? Because karma, you know, you can kind of, you can do something about it. Can you do something about the scar? I, well, yes. Well, I'm, I'm getting ready to go off. All right. I know. So anybody, anybody joining is going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> Give me some PG tips. This one's going to be a long haul. I think. Uh, so I think this is what Tantra is. Okay. This is, this is what Tantra is. You take the poison as the medicine. Mm-hmm. And this goes right into right and wrong. Right. Because I do think at the end of the day, there is a right and there is a wrong from a in the world of form. So in the day to day 
experience that we have. Last week we were talking about, um, and this will date this conversation, but we were talking about Kanye's conversation discussion about the Jewish people and his unwillingness to pull back his make an apology for it. And and we were talking about there being right and wrong around that. We see his point, we get his view, but you just don't throw an entire people under the bus because a couple of guys are bad actors. And so we can agree with that. Like we all came to agree that Kanye stepped out, but we also recognize and he hurt people, right? Do no harm. But we also know he's been harmed. It's just that he was misfocusing his so the perpetrator of the victim. It, and now it, his, we're all kind of like live in that balance. And his shtick is a little tantric though. I'm gonna go back to Tantra is that his statement is, listen, we can use the pain to work through. And so he was trying to get people's attention to say, listen, the pain we work through. But the problem is not everybody's in the same place. <laughs> so it, Tantra does not match with anybody else. You guys basically understand the idea of Tantra is that you right. use the bad stuff to try to teach you how to go through things to get enlightened out the back end. And you can get lost in the woods. And I think Kanye's lost in the woods personally. But I think that that idea that right and wrong is yes, there's a thing he shouldn't have done, but he's trying to make us see that this is what life is. Life is scar tissue. Mm. To live is to hurt. And to hurt, and he says, has this beautiful song in it, and he sings it in this wonderful podcast that he does with um, Lex Friedman, which I will put in the show notes. But he sings this out loud, because it's one of my very favorite yay songs. He says, I put my hand on the stove so I can Bleed, or so I can feel what it feels like to oh, bleed. Oh, that's a great song. I love that. Which it's, which one is that? It's like boom, boom. It's kind you of can a feel the love. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know. Anyway, oh, it's so good. It's, like, it's got the kind of a gospel feel to yes, it. Yeah. Yes. And, and oh, it's man. like, I, but it's not. But that's you like can't that one write chorus. that if you don't have oh, a lot of me, scar tissue. It just gives, like it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. And he references that in this episode that he talks about with trying to get an apology out of him for this thing, and he's like, I'm just trying. To be, a, I don't apologize because I like, this is how you live. Now, I don't know. Like, I don't agree. It's wrong. Mm -hmm. But I also agree that I do believe that Kanye is on his journey and he's got to do what he's got to do. <laughs> but I would say he's absolutely, I, I mean, this is the question. Like, there is a right and there is a wrong, Michael. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I've been thinking about this episode for a long time because it's like we operate in two spaces. We operate in the space of higher thought, platonic forms. Like there's, there are these, there are these, uh, mm. or, or if you want to take it down the Eastern end, um, you know, that uh, there are, there's right action, right? There's a responsibility for right action. The 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 the, the four noble truths. Right. Well, well, that's the four noble. The eightfold path or whatever right. it is. Right. There's you you you'd go down. Now they have the same basic ideas, right? Right. But in our day to day life, it's a lot messier than that. It's yeah. a, it's not it's not a black and white situation. It's a gray situation. And I think what we're talking about not being a right and wrong is that there's a lot of gray out there. However, at the very furthest edges, like if you want to throw an entire people under the bus to make a point about a lawyer, you. That's black, right? That's in the wrong side. And we could talk is about that. Would you consider that to be wrong? And the this idea that maybe there's like a 
two or three D, and then there's a four D dimension to it. Like, is it is it is it right or wrong on some type of trophic level of existence? And then maybe when you get into the rest of it, there's to learn to like to live is to learn, or like I don't know. Is like yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't really go dimensionality. I would go dual and non-dual. So that's kind of the point I'm making is that there's a non-dual state which says everything is all the same, everything is always the same, everything will always be the same. Sure. And I think in a meta level, the three of us kind of already subscribe to that point of view. Right. We've had enough things in life that we're kind of like, we're, we're, we might not be living, we're living in the world of form because that's the way you operate. And in the world of form, life, right and wrong exists. Right. But at the meta level, at the highest level, it's like, no, it's all the same. And that's what, tan that's what I love about Tantra. I'm not, a, I don't, I'm not a tantric practitioner, but I'm super interested in it because I kind of think running aligns with this thing. It's like you go right into the pain. The only way to get to the thing you want is to go through. Oh what needs to be done to get there. And John, we're, that's, what our, that's what we're guiding. Right. We're guiding that experience. Yeah. It's a tantric thing, it's a bad thing. Pain is a bad thing, you don't want pain on race day. But yet you've gotta go through it to get what you want, so you better get to know it and get to know yourself under its influence. Because yeah. if you don't, you're gonna miss the nectar the real stuff and at the high, you know, especially in Tibetan Buddhism, they talk about the nectar and that is the tears of suffering turning to tears of joy and wrap your brain around that thing. God, I was doing a meditation one time and I vowed to not get up out of it and my legs were falling asleep. I'm shit at the lotus position like I just I'm not flexible and it fucking hurts and so I had lost feeling in my legs and my feet and I started to tear up but I didn't want to screw anybody else's meditation up so I didn't want to get up and I'd actually vowed to not get up committed to doing the following through right now you're at a binary, right? It, yeah, exactly. And so, and then there was this point in time where there was a transaction where I could refocus my thought and there, my whole body just electrified all the way up through, um, into the, the, all through the spine, all through the legs and the feeling of pain, my tears of like, oh shit, my legs are going to fall off and they're going to have to take me out of here on like a stretcher was tears of literal joy and I be and I was and I was craving more of the pain because it was an input of some really amazing experience like it was the craziest thing I've ever been through physically and I go through that um I I find that that happens <laughs> maybe mile 23 of a marathon <laughs> and it's that same experience where it's just like you know that you can separate yourself from that physical experience that dualistic experience um and for whatever reason the the mental fuel is is worth a lot more than the physical fuel it's very very interesting stuff but th then a lot of times in training it seems like physical rules the game um so it's a it's a nice fine balance between both of those ideas i don't know how that shit i got on that <laughs> i'm glad you did though because what fun. the hell it, it's um <laughs> you know there was um I, when i 
like really dove into meditation about four years ago. I'd been playing with it since before I met you, Steve. And, but I, it, it never really took. You know what I mean? I'd do it for a little while. I did Vipassana sits in Albuquerque and the whole thing. And then right before the pandemic, physically I wasn't feeling good and I was just, exa- you know, and I was like, I need, you know, I've been seeking for forever. I was like, I can't seek anymore. I just have to go find it right now. And it just clicked. And since then, like I've, you know, and that's, I've maybe missed three days, four days. Wow. Since then. That's- and those were probably during the hospital stays, but. <laughs> so you were still meditating, still, basically. You know, like, was, Medicated. Medicated. Forced, <laughs> forced Lotus. Yeah. They call that one. Forced yeah. Lotus. <laughs> like- but now, the, it, and I don't know what, it, what the chemical change is or, you know, but now when I go on a run, it functions as the third meditation of the day. Even if it's a, a session where I have to run up a hill for a minute, a bunch of times or whatever, it's the same. Like, That's why I like training alone a lot of the time because, you know, it's just like my time. You know, you know, one of the things that now, like when that pain comes where like it's that physical, that red blinking light and the siren goes off and you're like, it's, it's about to get real ugly. Like now I've got to the point where I can watch the pain as if I'm watching like my stomach go up and down in a meditation. And it still hurts like shit, but you just don't sort of buy into it. Isn't it funny? That's what Vipassana teaches. Yeah. That, um, that witness position, that sit behind yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they bring you to it through the breath. I think, as I remember, Goenka was on your nose. Basically, focusing on the area, on the upper lip yep. for right. like days. Like, and then all of a sudden, like, it was at that moment where I could go to that spot where when you were a baby, crown. that crown, you know, yeah. the soft spot. Mm-hmm. And it, that was the electrifying point for me. It was just like, oh my yeah. God, what just happened? Like, I can feel it, like. You were initiated into being a <laughs> human. And it was like, at that point in time, that's when morality took a whole different meaning to me because you can take something like love. Like how do you define love? Is it passive or is it active? Is it, what is it something or is it the absence of things? What is it? Cause, cause is it the absence of imbalance? So if you look at morality from a right or wrong, then I just, it gets a little confusing to me to do that now um but we'll i look to- as it is imbalance or out of balance and that almost is a moral stance but it's a bit ethereal i guess yeah. but aren't you just required to sit in it <laughs> yeah. yeah that's pretty much it yeah and i think that's what we're talking about with running that has this special um it has this quality, mm-hmm. this qualia, as the physics people will say, right? Like the, the, the qualia is the experience of consciousness in their model. I don't understand it. I do at one level, but I couldn't walk you through the science I of failed it. math. 
It's beyond math. It's like physics. It's beyond physics. It's neuroscience. It's beyond neuroscience. Yeah. I mean, what they're basically saying is that two things can happen. I mean, this is like spooky action at a distance on one side. And is it wave or is it particle? Right. Johnny, remember back in the day, I think you and I came up with this idea because I pitched it to other people. And if you want to beg off and not be responsible, you can. Oh, shit. But I what think this was about? in a moment of non-sobriety oh, in our lives. And we talked about people were one of two things. Do you remember this? No. They were waves or bars. Oh, God. Do you remember now? No. Okay. But... <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure it was you and I who came up with this idea that people fell into two general categories of ways and bars. And all through the late 90s and early and the, and the noughties, I used this in conversation with people and I would meet people and I'd be like, are they a wave or a bar? And if, and a lot of times I'd be so high that I couldn't really communicate effectively and I over communicate no matter whether it's effective or not effective. <laughs> and a space I could operate in was to go to this question, yeah. this binary, are people waves or bars? And this is an interesting thing. You know, of course it's subjective. I mean, everybody yeah. wants to be a wave except those people who are really engineers and then they're bars. Yeah. Um, but almost everybody jived with it immediately. Like they could get with the analogy, the metaphor, yeah. and they could categorize themselves reasonably well. I mean, all I would say 85%, there are those people who are creatives who are engineers and those engineers who are creatives who were kind of in between. Like I think there's a subset that's mm -hmm. kind of both. Architects. Uh, yeah, and then there's, and then there's, but they were, unbelievably good immediately with no training like there's a training in this particular project but in, with no training they could immediately pick out people and this was a this was a party game and we would just sit around and say oh shit are they a wave or a bar that's heavy that's cool and it was a way to not be to be high and still be able to but like there is this underlying like the myers-briggs uh, thinker versus a feeler. Yeah. So I mean, a wave is kind of, you go with the flow. You're a bit more kind of flexing the creativity of the imbalance. And then you have the thinker who's kind of very linear. I think they all, they, I think they both gravitate towards each other in an odd way. Well, that's it's like magnetism. one of them. Wants, yeah, exactly. It's magnetism. You get magnets, they go together, you turn them the other way and they fly apart. But yeah, I was just in, I think this is the kind of the, the soup we're talking about with this right or wrong is there's this kind of, and that's what you're saying, Michael, is like, you know there's a right and wrong, but you know there's not a right and wrong. And how do we, how do we square that? Mm -hmm. And I think it comes back to running. Um, it comes back to the tantra of running and the spiritual aspect of running that you've got to have both at the same time. I love the ampersand mm -hmm. as a symbol. It's like my life symbol. When I write, I don't actually use the word and, I, I do the ampersand because it means to me both and. It means that it's, you can't, you remember the old uh, song, you got to keep them separated? Yeah. Like, this is the opposite. Like, okay. you can't separate them. Like, it, it, you could try. It's not an either or. It's an and. Yeah. People say both and, and I'm like, just say and, and four letters less. And do the ampersand, and there's actually no letters. It's super clean. <laughs> that was one of the very first things I remember noticing about you when I met you at Runtex. was like, that guy uses a lot of ampersands. I swear to God, I remember that. Like he actually uses ampersands. I actually had a recently, I've started a project called Runnosis, which is a writing project. And um, I had an editor for a little while before I just couldn't afford her. And um, she's like, can we take the ampersand out and put the and in? And I'm like, no, this is my project. <laughs> I'm ampersand. Do whatever the fuck I want to. Uh, and, yeah. 
like Kristen keeps wondering why I don't have an ampersand tattooed on my body. I'm like, probably coming. You know, everybody's in my family, everybody's going to get a tattoo at some point in time. So whenever we all go to the tattoo parlor, I'll, that's what'll be next. <laughs> hey, you guys want to talk about accounting? <laughs> so, so here's an idea. Okay. And it's, it's, it's actually on I point. Love this so episode. bear, <laughs> this episode is amazing. <laughs> so bear with me on this one. We're talking about right and wrong. This is a ball. You have two things. You have a balance sheet and you have a cash flow. Ah, okay. here we go. Okay. So, and I'm not an accountant. I'm about as, Dumb as a bag of rocks sometimes when it comes to it because I mix everything up. So, but a balance sheet, uh, people like me who are kind of running the business and trying to move things forward like the cash flow because just at the end of the day, it's all you got. You got cash. If you look at the balance sheet, you can you can take a look at the snapshot in time. You can say like, oh, our shit is fucked or our <laughs> shit is good right now. Yeah. Right or wrong. You can look at that as being right or wrong. But if you look at the cash flow, you're like, actually, this is not very wrong. We're going in a good direction. Look at it over time. Yeah. So maybe in, maybe we're talking about morality over a continuum. And in, in the scar tissue equals the continuum of like maybe choices and in, inputs. But I like to think about the, it's, it's a wild to me, that's actually a creative excavation just because they, you can meet one person who is diehard about like, what are we doing? Like, what do we do? What's, what's the balance sheet right now? And they can say like, you are completely screwed or you're doing all right. And then somebody in the same conversation go like, yeah, but that's not where we're going or that's exactly where we're going. Right. It's a wildly interesting study. So we definitely don't have to talk about accounting, but there's so many different ways to kind of landscape what what we're actually talking about. So for, well, we started, we, we brought, we brought karma in here so we can bring in what if, what if in your analogy of these two things from the accounting perspective, you had multiple lifetimes, right? Mm -hmm. Well, how does that affect oh, shit? Multiple cash flows. <laughs> the no, karma no, of no. cash flows. Oh no, shit. <laughs> no, the business, no, the business never ends. That, that, you're that, right. You're right. That some yeah. element of the business is always going on at all times. Yeah. And so how, what, how would those two models be follow through with that? Because, you know, I don't know where you guys stand. Or a workout versus your race outcome, you know, I mean, or, we, or we, the we season. Do, we do this as coaches. We're, we've got a finite window usually to be effective. Um, we've got a command performance. We're trying to get somebody ready to finish on a given day and have a certain performance at that. If you look at that from the big picture, it's a lifetime. The mac I mean, in the I call it a macro cycle. It's a lifetime. It's a, you know, depending on how long your program is, it's something between 10 and 16 weeks. I mean, there are people that do 24 week. Those, that's a long time to be doing it. But it, anyway, you've got this limited window of time. If you push into the macro cycle, you're like, oh, it's one lifetime. And a runner lives many, many lifetimes. If that is a, just a beautiful way to think about it, but it doesn't help you through six times a mile right. with a 90 second rest right. at your critical velocity pace. It doesn't help at all with that. But so you, you got to keep both those two things in play in that way. Um, yeah, it's. I like the way John thinks about your routine now. Yeah. Versus your 17 minute yeah. PR. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. It, yeah. It's um, the way I look at it. Like, you know, I know that wherever I am on my, you know, running timeline, um, whatever knowledge is there 
at some point I want to share with whoever I'm coaching, if I'm coaching anybody or whatever. But there is also this element that you want them to experience it without the knowledge that it's there, you know? But because we're on a given timeline, we, you don't have years for them to experiment with stuff, right? So you have to- Well, based on their, we do. We do. They don't. They don't. Because, and we have to honor their wishes. Because right. yeah. they, they have to race on April 19th. Because they're whatever. on a right or wrong kind of yeah. dualistic. Is that what you were saying, Steve? Yeah, so absolutely. You, John, you're saying during that cycle, athletes are often on a right or wrong basis and on that first so, tranche. And as a coach, you're, right, you're sitting behind them and overseeing. And so you have to keep them within that world that you see it while they're doing it using their vehicle. You know what I mean? It's super dangerous. Yeah. To your point, it's super dangerous to turn them to look at it from my perspective. Yeah. I've tried to do that sometimes because I get super frustrated. Yep. And then they lose the thread. Yep. And they kind of don't know where to go. And they need that command yeah. performance, that sort of that sort of extrinsic yeah, I'm talking intrinsic value f and right. doing it for the love and the pa and the, the passion and right. and they're like, no, motherfucker, I just want to get right. under three. I need that I want BQ, three. I want the BQ. Yep. And if you take them out of the space and say, oh, it's a beautiful race, they're yeah. going to be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> they almost like, they're almost month. in such right or wrong <laughs> land that I've. I can imagine some people hear that and you saying beautiful race is saying that they don't have to work as like, it's, it's yeah. okay if you don't get what you want. And they're just like, Oh no, yeah. it's, it's, but it's both okay and not okay, right. which comes back to the right and wrong thing. Yeah. Because yes, in the grand scheme, it is okay because they just need to go through the journey and they need that scar tissue. If they don't get that scar tissue, if they don't put their hand on that fire, they won't know what it feels like to bleed. Yeah. And if they don't know what it feels like to bleed, they're not alive. And if they're not alive, then they're not kicking and they're not going for it. And yeah. they're not, they're not keep, they're not going to keep going. And so the point is, is, but you know, I was just went for a hike. I went on a run. I was on a run on a trail and I saw a friend of mine who was in, um, that place I used to be at and he's, <laughs> <laughs> and he's running along and I yell at him, hey, 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 come, can I run with you? I'm like, sure. And this guy was one of the people who was so focused on getting his results. And he's out in the middle of Walnut Creek Park on a, like a, like a boring paved trail running four to five miles with no objective, no purpose. The dude's skinnier on a rail. He doesn't know, not doing it for fitness. He's doing it because that fucker's hooked. Yeah. Like he's heavy as lead. He's done for. He's a runner forever and ever. And he was saying to me, oh, I'll never come back to this. And I'm like, you know, I hate to tell you this. And I don't want to sound like this sage old Chinese man up on top of the mountain. But I got a strong feeling because you took this time to step away from it. And you can see the craziness of the whole thing. Right now, your space is, I never want to be that person again. Yeah. And then you're going to come back out of this because you keep putting your shoes on and you keep showing up and you keep pounding out the miles and you do it just for the fucking sake of doing it. You're going to come back around again and it's going to be, oh, I can do this. And now you're pursuing with a, with a renewed vigor and a renewed purpose. And if I were his coach, I would say, remember this moment. <laughs> 
<laughs> because you need to be both that guy who was done and the guy who's all the way in at 75 miles a week, you know, not waking up at 4.30 in the morning right. every morning and not having a real life and, you know, all those other things. It's like how there is a middle way. And, you know, this is a beautiful segue into the whole concept of the middle way, which I think is misunderstood in our culture, deeply misunderstood in our culture. Yeah. John is grabbing his notebook. He's, he's, like he's see what he's taking over notes. there. <laughs> It's it's all it's very pragmatic. So I remember what we talk about. So you know, way back in the day, there was this guy named Nagarjuna. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting, oh, we're going that way. Huh? All right. Um, no, we don't have to go there. It sounds like an almost like the we you spoke of karma a little earlier. There's almost like a an absolution of run karmas that mm. we can accumulate. Where it's we have vendettas on the past, like we have scar tissue from from what we've done and it's not based in right or wrong it's just based in that being a thing that we need to absolve yeah. uh, or reconcile or change the 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 rewrite the history of and um so so the input w was there and we're doing something about it but yeah i don't think that as a runner i w there's zero chance that i will be able to live a life without trying to reconcile the previous run karmas that I've built up over the past 10 years. Yeah. Like there's just no way. Yeah. Like you can't go back from it. I don't know. There's other things but that you're carrying. It's it. like music as well, but you're still carrying it. Yeah. Think about music. Okay. I'm not a musician, but I have tried to bang three chords and the truth out. Right. And you have a melody. And when I was started with it, I'd lose the melody and I'd be frantic for two days, three days of you trying to find it, trying to find it, trying to find it. Eventually, you bang away long enough and you realize all of those come back. Maybe not exactly the same way. Maybe not exactly the way you thought it was going to, but it, that melody comes back. I think the same thing happens with running where the thread that you needed at the time because you wanted it so bad and you needed it so bad, you, you, you constricted and constrained it to such a point that it couldn't be free and ready to go and you needed more um it needed more percolation it needed to sit in the soup needed to go on the stay on the stovetop a little longer before yeah. that was done and when it does come out it's really really good yeah. you know it's like there's more i don't know like there's a critical juncture in every athlete's running career where they come to the point where they stand and they look back at their past self and say, everything I went through, I had to learn mm -hmm. so I could be right here in this place now where I turn and move forward to everything I want to be. And I don't think very many runners take the time to find their place on that journey. Um, but almost everybody that I know has been in that place. They're just not seeing it. A lot of times yeah. I feel like that's my job. It's like I've got to kind of push away all the, it's like kind of got to go through the scar tissue. Mm -hmm. Like you got to go through the hard points to point them at it and say, you're already here. Like this gentleman I'm talking about, this friend of mine, he's not there yet, but he will be at a point and I'm hoping that I can, maybe not me, but someone will be able to see him right at that moment and say, hey, you're getting ready to move into your next, the next phase. Not that there's anything wrong with the current phase because I'm not against his practice. He's got a practice, he's doing it. But when he pursues again, he needs to keep his practice in mind. 
that he's doing this because of all the things that he's been carrying yep. and that what you carried is so important yeah. and and you can't get rid of it so you might as well you yeah. can't drop it off i mean that's that's an interesting question you know the eastern way of doing things is kind of like you can drop that shit off i don't know if we can uh yeah it's that's an interesting one because it in the in the western context pain is the ultimate motivator <laughs> and and i don't and I don't say that as like a pessimist or anything and, and kind of a maskist or whatever. I'm just saying like pain is the ultimate motivator. It's just, it is what it is. And it's the judge and jury. It's the arbiter. Right. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's changed. It's changed my life. I don't crave it because I'm scared of it. I'm scared of the pain. But, I, but I've gravitated towards things that are scary, generally equal pain, and pain equals an output it's it's the machine like if you put it in it comes there's a transaction there's the equal and opposite reaction on the other side of the the physics machine and it says you get enough of one thing and out comes the other yeah. i've not gotten a transaction that's different than that with any single thing i've ever done in my entire life other than living which is an interesting one because to you know just like experiencing life yeah. just as we know it which there is the common through line with life can be life itself, which is so, so interesting. But then it's like, um, you know, the ephemeral nature of beauty, the mono noire kind of Japanese idea, which is there's two ideas here and you have, you have the motivators, you have the scar tissue, what we take with those inputs and what comes out on the other side. And then we have um, the idea of life being impermanence, maybe. So I, I don't know. There's a couple, couple of different things bouncing around my head right now. God, I've been, I've been going off on some weird tangents. I'm kind of trying to find myself lately uh, in thought, and I just... You mentioned you had a busy week, so maybe this it's is been like a, releasing it, some steam. It's it's been a very uh, I, I've been living as a bar okay. this week. Okay. Uh, I'm a wave living in a bar's life Understood. right now, and and <laughs> it's it's just I miss I miss being a creative soul, and I I was saying that it's just time for a vacation. It's time to see something. I'm tired of feeling boxed in. I need I need to get out and. My, right now, I need to break out. And Would this it, is one of those things that's brought that to well, me. Well, just, just to make it super cheesy. We hold that container for you, Mike. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. <laughs> so I actually think this is a pretty good spot to end this episode, even though it's a little shorter than our other ones. Um, we've been at this a little while because we cut our intro episode um, to start this thing. So we've been in the, in the belly of the beast for a bit, but I think it's a good place to end. And, um, guys, I just want to say this, and this will probably be episode six or seven or something like that. This, what Michael is just talking about being a bar and then getting his chance to be a wave. I, I don't have it the same way, but I can just say, I look forward to this as much as I look forward to anything else in my week. And I'm grateful and thankful to have found 
um, to have this opportunity to share with you guys um, these crazy mixed up ideas that there's a guy I'm sitting here talking to who, when I say the middle way, he gets excited, grabs his notebook and writes it down in his notebook. <laughs> I mean, like, this is not uh, your normal conversation, guys. Because <laughs> well, I can go home and look up all the stuff I've read about Middle Way. Yes. So it's, I'm just so it's grateful totally for you guys, out, man. man. I'm, I'm so grateful for you guys in this time. And regardless of whether, whether anybody else digs this shit, no, it's serving I've, a purpose for I've, sure. Re- in, just in the last two weeks, like, started to think um, of all the things we could do with this you know what i mean like and it'll be hard i have a hard time talking about it but like you know how we talked about sound bites and video clips and all the stuff and i'm like and then i start thinking about like we get a marketing team and (laughs) we'll just we'll just fuck it you know and i start and then i'm like Half the time, I don't even know what we're talking about. Well, give How it, can we even get a marketing team? Let's give it you know, time. But know, I'm, I'm I glad that... I really excited about it. I showered this morning. Whoa, <laughs> dude. I can, if I, I'm just really excited. I, I, you know, I, John, if I stepped on some of your words today by being too caffeinated, no, I apologize. I just, I'm, I'm just kind of excavating for those one-liners. And, and I need to make t-shirt screen prints. And uh, eventually we're going to... I'm just in this for the merch deals, and uh, <laughs> well, you ran into two. You ran into two guys who I do remember this, John. You and I sitting around in the in the '90s thinking about all the crazy T-shirt designs we could create. Um, Boy, are we in it now? We are definitely in it, and we've got problems because we got three codependents, and we're gonna you know go. What I, you know what I remembered the other day, and I don't know how I remember this. Remember the first house I lived in when I moved to Austin? Remind me of where. It, was 45th oh yeah yeah I, I call that i call that one the marathon house even yeah, though you weren't on marathon marathon was yeah, right around was the corner yeah. and there was one morning about three o'clock in the morning i don't know where my wife was at the time she wasn't at home or maybe she was asleep upstairs i don't know but steve is like three o'clock in the morning and steve and i had maybe we'd been out i don't know and we spent an hour writing imaginary training schedules <laughs> At three o'clock in the morning. I think we were listening to super furry animals at the time. too. (laughs) (laughs) And like writing training schedules after you've, after you're like 16 beers into the night (laughs) is not. (laughs) I just remembered that the other day. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. We put in some miles together. You, in the first episode, you mentioned our runs with, um, with Robert Espinoza. And I just wanted to, um, Put an, light an imaginary candle for uh, a very special human being whose life ended a little too soon. He was a manager at Runtex, held the glue together of that place. Yeah. Robert Espinoza, he passed away um, uh, tragically. And um, when you said that, I just went back to those runs. We used to start at Runtex. I think we were at 12th and Lamar, right? Yep. And we would run all the way down Lamar. Sean Barnes was part of those. Crazy. Sean- Remember I Sean thought about Bart's? him the other day too. <laughs> and we ran all the way out to the green belt, ran all the way out the green belt to the water source that's out there, the 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 spring, which I still drink out of. I actually drank out of it this morning. Wow. There's a there's a live spring out there. Hmm. You can drink out of it all the time. It's living water. You do not want to drink out of it if it's been raining for a week because that means that the water table has 
gone down into that karst and you're about to get sick because people get sick from it. But yeah, man, the stories we have to tell, the miles we put in together. And Michael, here's the thing. Like, we're just starting mm-hmm. with you. Like, we, we, this is, this is going to be, it's going to be a cool jam. I think so. It's too. fun. It's really fun. It's like, 